Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Good morning, good morning. It is the last day of February, February 28th here, and it is 7.30 a.m. Mountain Time, Monday the Monday prior to the Combine. Man, everybody getting excited for that. It's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, good friend and co-host down there in Georgia, opposite end of the country from me, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm like I, I put in the chat just a minute. I'm already getting fired up about these overtime rules. The uh, the Colts submitted a, uh, a proposal over the weekend that would have both teams with a guaranteed a shot at with the ball in overtime uh whether it goes through or not we will see uh frankly i'm i i still am surprised that people think that it's it's a bad idea that both teams would get a chance i just i don't know i i like to think i'm i'm logical about this kind of stuff and uh the idea that's like okay well let's let's go to extra innings but you don't get to bat unless you keep them from scoring and you don't get a chance Okay, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Let's go to penalty kicks, but you don't get a kick unless you stop them from sco- from making theirs. No, that doesn't make sense to me either. Uh, let's do boxing. Uh, Nick, I get to punch you first. And if All you right. can stand up, uh, you can hit me back. But if you can't, well, you should be able to take a punch if you're going to be a heavyweight boxer. You know, yeah. that, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make I, any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Let's say who's a h- hello to everybody in here. Luke Wright, good morning. Nick and Scott, pour that coffee uh definitely thank you so much us dave morning all dave glass every team stop it sorry sorry (laughs) every team should have to play all three phases both of them both of them should have to play both phases both of them the chiefs didn't play defense it just ruins that argument it's gone over that's done you're gonna have to do better than that and i can tell you right now you'll never convince me ever so you shouldn't even try yeah never convince me that it's fair ever yeah if anything, um, what's the argument against it? I, I don't, I don't agree with you exactly right. Like the Chiefs, the, the the argument that people say is you should be able to stop a team if you want to win a game. Okay, both teams should have to be both able to teams stop should a be team. able to. Yeah, it, let, let's make yeah. it fair. I, I can, I can live with that. Yep. So you know, yep. someone said to me, "It's like, wait, you want to change the rules because the Bills' defense was bad?" I'm like, "No, I want to change the rules because the Chiefs never had to play defense." Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm, I'm with you on that. I've. I think if anything, um, what's the the argument I've heard where I've heard, uh, I've been like, okay, maybe that makes some sense is that, you know, there's already this many games. There's already, no, you're extending this no. many games. Then so your argument is you're lazy. Your I argument was, is we're lazy. It takes too much time and it's too much effort. I don't think it's no. the laziness. That's the argument. It's the, you're adding chances of having catastrophic injury to big time players. Um, so my prop, my proposition is, um, I know it's un-American. I don't care if you if you uh, get all the way to overtime in regular season, it's a tie. You know, you should have won in the regular season, uh, or you should have run in the regulation. However, in the playoffs, I think both teams should have a, a chance where it's offense and defense. Um, and that would, you know, you you don't have to play in the regular season now. Like it is what it is. Um, and I think that's probably better because again, if you play to a tie, like if you walk out with just a straight up L, that sucks. And maybe that's just the way it is. And I know that might be a Ties are un-American for some people, but I agree with you in premise that uh, both sides should touch the ball. Hundred percent. So, yeah. Getting anyway, fired up go ahead morning. and start clicking on your on on the good mornings. Lewis Condon. I don't recognize this name, <laughs> uh, but uh, good to see you, Lewis. Uh, Sean Burns. Good, great to see you, Benjamin Flores. Morning, fellows. Also, Jeremy's in the house. Stephen Baumgartner. Stephen with the uh, the fresh picture there. Look, look, some nice looking glasses there, buddy. This says good morning, everyone. It doesn't say Drew Lock is still my quarterback. So, Stephen, what's going on? I hope you're doing okay. <laughs> Had to give you a little bit of a uh, hard time. Howard Brosurf. I'm fine to leave it as is for the regular season, but during the playoffs, keep it going. I'm I'm fine with that too. Uh, we also got DWI guys saying good morning, gents in Broncos country. Jeremy's saying, "What's the difference then?" Uh, no, he's I, saying what he, he was saying. What, both teams score TDs, then what? Two more chances? Yes. Then yes. it goes to it's just it becomes it, it's just like baseball, extra innings. 
one chance, next chance, one chance, next chance. Until you have a leader after both teams have had a chance, you keep playing. And yes. I also, just getting into the details a bit, I think both teams should have to go for two as well um, because that's makes it that's it's fine, another, but again, it's another data it point. equitable yeah. for both teams. Whatever you do, make it equitable for both teams. Absolutely. Not, that That's not an, a, a crazy concept to me. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you as well. And it's, it's absolutely insane that Josh Allen might have played the best two-game stretch of any quarterback in the history of football in the playoffs, and uh, he didn't get a chance to respond in the playoffs. I wrote that up this morning. I'm like, the only thing that stopped Josh Allen was the coin toss, and that's just not that's just not fair. You know, yeah. whether again, and I've said before, they did not lose that game because of the coin toss. They lost that game because they let the the Chiefs go 44 yards in 13 seconds. That's yeah. why they lost the game. Yep. Uh, but the way that was going, were three to, were three touchdowns and a field goal were scored. It basically would have been four with another 20 seconds. We're scored yeah. in seven minutes. Uh, the momentum was all, and every rule change in the last 50 years has benefited the offense. Every single one. Every single one. But the antiquated, over, antiquated overtime rules have not changed to reflect that difference. Yeah. And they need to. I hear uh, Snoopy saying, have OT decided by a three-point contest. Um, I bet Drew Patrick Lock Mahomes can shoot. I think Josh Allen can too. Yeah, um, yeah that, that wouldn't surprise me. I know Cam Newton was a pretty darn good yeah. basketball player too here in, in Georgia. Yep, absolutely. Uh, An Antonio Jones coming in saying it's always been that way. Let, they let the Chiefs score too quickly. Yes, they did. Um, and then also then a team can win a championship with no defense. Um, well, we saw a team win a championship with no offense back in 2015. Um, so if a team wins with no defense, you know, uh, that, that means their offense must be incredible you know, Jeremy it's, that's it's, ridiculous yeah. that, that, that's ridiculous Scott's you, not you, ha it. you have to have some defense to get there to begin with yeah you know you're not getting to overtime without a couple yep. of stops that's, that's yep. ridiculous Mark Schrader coming in saying good morning Nick and Scott great to see you Mark hope you're doing well we also got Wyatt saying we'd be set with Lockett at overtime three-point contest I was thinking the same thing Wyatt so guys welcome <laughs> in uh Broncos for breakfast here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday morning. Really exciting week for us, like I mentioned, because the NFL Combine officially kicks off tomorrow. We're going to get a lot of new data points, um, some new information trickling in as we speak. Uh, unfortunately, the big one here is uh, Matt Corral said that he, or it's been, it's come out that Matt Corral is not going to be participating in the throwing drills. He's still working his way back from that ankle injury he suffered in that Ole Miss bowl game. I think it was the Sugar Bowl they played in this year. Um, so that's unfortunate. He should be good to go for his pro day as far as a throwing regiment. Uh, but it's unfortunate that you don't get to see him throwing live bullets next to God. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Um, throwing live reps next to guys that are, you know, it's just one of those things like, uh, maybe not. I know I um, worked in two media companies, one in California and one in New York, and I'm hypersensitive yeah. to that stuff too. Yeah. It's just like what's going on in the world too. Um, but, uh, you know, through the live reps there, but, maybe we wouldn't have gotten that much information anyway, because the guys he would have been throwing against a lot of times you can really tell like arm differentiation based on where guys are sandwiched between uh, what type of throwers. And he would have been between Jack Cone and Dustin crumb, which is not two guys who have big time arms, you know, going up to the next, like Sam Howell or somebody else, you know, maybe that's some information you want. Uh, but unfortunate for Matt Crow, I'm curious if he's even going to do the, uh, the running drills as well, because one of the things that makes Matt Corral interesting is he is a solid athlete on tape. He is twitchy. Um, the 10 yard split, the three cone, those measurements for Matt Corral, it would interest me. Um, yeah, so it could, it's unfortunate. It could, it could go a long way to saying that Malik Willis clearly has the best tools in the draft. You know, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, Matt Corral just went out there and ran a four, four, five with a four shuttle and a 38 inch vertical leap. Uh, Mark Schrader. Yeah. Good morning. Buying us coffee this morning with Thank the, so much, uh, with Mark. the coffee emoji. So good morning. Appreciate the support, Mark, as always. And Travis coming in mm -hmm. with the star saying, morning, fellas, Mr. Show on Thursday, but got back today. Just hoping we can get back to winning. Yeah, uh, I think you're on the right track. Uh, yeah. Again, let's see. I feel like I'm just going to hit this play button. A lot depends on the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot depends on the quarterback play. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get some. Closure on Aaron Rodgers. I don't think we'll get closure on the quarterback play until August, to be honest with you, unless you get one before then. Yeah. Um, but I, I think you're looking at if you don't get Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson is off. You're looking all the way through free agency. You're looking through the draft. Then you're looking to see who might even get cut at that point. Yeah. Um, to see who you can add, um, because you don't. You've got one quarterback on the roster, Drew Locke, and his. CV, his resume is erratic at best. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's eight and 13 and 21 starts, 25 touchdowns, 20 interceptions. He's basically a one-to-one guy lost seven of his last eight starts. Uh, it's, it, he's certainly not done enough to say, yeah, well, this is the way we're going to go. So yeah. there's going to be a lot of trying to upgrade the quarterback room over the course of the next six months, unless it gets done in the next, you know, couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, we'll see what happens with Aaron Rodgers. A lot of uh, speculation just yesterday that it really felt like it's inevitable that Rodgers will be back in Green Bay, um, and that'll be announced tomorrow on the McAfee Show. Again, this is just pure speculation. We'll see if that actually plays out because we've been tugged and pulled around one direction and the next uh, for almost a year now <laughs> with the Aaron Rodgers saga. So we'll see what happens here. Um, Howler Brosurf coming in here. I think he's Howler Surf Bro on Twitter. So messing me up. Uh, speaking of cam, how can you compare? Uh, how do you compare Malik Willis to cam different specimens, but their erratic passing mechanics placement seem comparable. Um, cam it. The biggest thing is the different athletic specimens. Malik Willis is barely over six foot and cam was like six, five, um, which makes a difference for, you know, playing under center, throwing over the middle of the field and just the, the wear and tear that you can have as a, as an athlete. Now Willis is built like a running back, no doubt, but you know, he's not six, two, six, three, he's barely over six foot. And cam was essentially a tight end out there. Maybe even a, an athletic tight end for that. No, um, he, Nick, he came to a combine and his dad was, his dad was in the news a lot for some of the wrong reasons, but his mm-hmm. dad was standing there next to me. And he came to one of my combines in high school. He ran like a four, four, seven, you know, he mm-hmm. was six, four and a half two seventeen as a junior in high school. Yep. And, you know, I knew his, his arm was a little erratic. I said, you better slow him down or they're going to try and move him to wide receiver. Um, just kind of joking with him. Um, Cam's even more physically gifted than Malik Willis. I think he's actually even farther ahead as mm-hmm. a passer. Yeah. Um, even though his national championship season at Auburn, you could see the progression through that single season where he had like, you go back and look at the the, the box scores in there. He'd have like nine passes in the first game and 40 runs. Yeah. And then, you know, by the time they're playing uh, South Carolina, in the SEC championship game, you know, he's got 400 yards passing. Yep. So um, similar, similar, but I, I think Cam Newton was clearly, clearly ahead of him as a passer and as a reader of the game, which is why he ended up going number one overall. God, if Cam Newton or somebody similar to Cam Newton was in this draft, I'd probably be obsessed with the, uh, the tools and the talent. Um, obviously playing the quarterback position Good question though a lot of it is the intangibles yeah absolutely i mean for um, me, I think- the, the, the closest comp right now to malik willis and it, it off of my head is already in the draft it's sam howell yeah i think willis is a much better athlete um, I, think I think they're different it, again you know it's, it's like someone saying you know he's a much better athlete than tim tebow tim tebow's a different athlete you know tim tim tebow had balance and strength that's how that's where Sam, you know, Sam, yeah. I think may not have the side to side in a straight line. They're probably pretty close, but I as think- far as strength and breaking tackles, Sam, Howell might have the edge on that. So better is relative. You know, I think endurance and strength kind of gets overlooked when we start talking about explosiveness. We, yep. we tend to, we tend to equate explosiveness with athleticism and there's, there's definitely more than one way to look at it. And Jacob, yeah. appreciate the stars coming in this morning. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Jacob. Yeah. Back to, Malik Willis, it'll be fun to see him run around and throw. Um, and just this Cam Newton talk here. Cam Newton came to the league, you know, definitely had a way to go as a passer, as a pocket passer, as a processor and whatnot. But because of the tools that he had, the athleticism, the arm talent, um, and a very good job by, man, who was the offensive coordinator for him then? It might have been uh, Shula, um, who the Broncos just moved on from as the quarterback coach. But uh, they simplified the offense. And while Cam had a ways to go as far as the skills, of the quarterback position because his tools were so overwhelming. It gave him a path to the field year one and say what you will. Oh, he you know, has a ways to go as a quarterback skill. He broke the rookie passing record, his rookie season. So that's the thing about Malik Willis too. Yes, of course he's going to have to work on a lot of things. He's probably, like you said, he's further away than Cam Newton, but because of the overwhelming arm talent and athleticism, you give yourself a, a baseline that no matter what, he's going to come in and be able to do this or make a defense play this way, even while he's trying to figure out these other things. It doesn't have to be perfect around him. The offensive play calls don't have to be perfect around him because he can make things happen and simplify things on the other end because a defense isn't going to be playing cover one constantly with their defensive backs, backs to the quarterback because boom, he's gone for 50, 60 yards. And if once he's in the open field, good luck. So uh, definitely different on uh, my, my Cam Newton comparison in the NFL today is a, uh, Josh Allen. And the other thing about Cam Newton, he was incredible early on and then his body kind of deteriorated. And this is kind of the 
argument that I have that like you want to have the quarterback to have their get out of jail cards early on in their careers with Cam Newton was the arm, the size and the athleticism. And then during that time, you want them to develop the skills. Um, It is the ability to go through the reads, the playing through the pocket, et cetera, et cetera. You can lean on the athleticism early, but at some point it's going to deteriorate. And that's when the mental side, the skill side has to take over. And for Cam hasn't been the case. I know the shoulder injury has been serious, but he, you didn't see him grow from a, like a, he didn't turn himself into Tom Brady or Peyton Manning um, in the pocket during his time. And I think that's, you can rely on the tools early, but eventually the skills have to uh, to catch up because the, the athleticism will deteriorate. And, and that's what you say about Josh Allen. I, I said this, you know, watching him in the playoffs, I'm like, he's got to learn to protect himself. You got to yeah. get him some help or he'll turn into Cam Newton. You know, that's a nice comp, yep. but he will be, he'll, those skills will deteriorate more quickly because he's taken a beating. Yeah, it's exactly. nice. Wow. We all get excited when we watch the fullback slash quarterback running over people and stuff, but you know, I don't I don't want my franchise guy taking hits like that. And, you know, to your point about Malik Willis and, you know, those tools, it also lets you get him on the field in certain packages. So you can get him some experience and get his feet wet, even if he's not the starter. So Slay Malik Willis is drafted at nine. And you start with Drew Locke. You can still start Drew Locke and still find ways to get Malik Willis on the field and goal line situations and short yardage packages, one read type things to get him some experience and have him be ready when you're ready for your number one overall number one pick to take over. Yeah. And that's uh, that's something too, that intrigues me about Malik Willis. Broncos have been one of the worst five to 10 offenses in football in red zone situations over the last three seasons. And you bring in Malik Willis, it just simply, it changes the math. It makes it so much harder to cover space. Um, you're going to have more space on the boundaries because you need more guys in the box to worry about Malik Willis running. Um, so if you want to not only, you know, move the football, but score more in the red zone, having a quarterback who is essentially a, you know, another running back option um, does help a lot. Trevor Sandal coming in saying morning Broncos country. Good to see you. Antonio Jones coming back in saying I watched the behind the Broncos episode. It was refreshing to see Hackett get excited about drawing up a regular play. I'm excited. Hackett's such, I say this with the most endearing tone I possibly can. Hackett really seems like a little bit of a goober for me. And I say that as behalf of one of the elected leaders of goober nation. Um, I love him. Uh, he seems like such an authentic fun guy and who is very comfortable just being himself. Um, so I I'm, I'm all in. He's yeah. Great. I got down here and uh, you know, down here in sec country and Nick Saban, you know, they're closing practices up. Like they think they're selling state secrets. Then Mark Rick comes in and, you know, I go to watch a, a high school football camp up the university in Georgia that I was invited to by one of the coaches and they say, sorry, you have to leave. Meanwhile, Bobby Bowden's got an ESPN film crew down filming some of their camps. I'm like, all right, guess what? And then I go to, to I go to USC when I move out to California. And Pete Carroll's like, yeah, come on in. See what we're doing. Have fun. You know, we know we're good. You know, this we're, when we're here to have fun. So it was, again, I like the guys that don't take this so seriously as to think that they are it's almost condescending to a certain extent. It's like, you know, that, that you're so serious about this stuff that you think it, it reeks of insecurity to me to a certain extent at, the, at that level. And he looks like he's having fun. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to have fun. I tell you what, what should be fun is the first OTAs when he's out there. I bet yeah. he's got more people in attendance uh, coming out there to watch spring practice, whatever you want to call it, of the, uh, the, the open camps and stuff. I bet there's going to be more fans than you've seen naturally closed. Uh, but in, in, in previous years, it should be, it should be as high. Miguel coming in with some stars, buying some coffee. Good morning, fellas. What kind of deals can you see going down at the combine this year? I know that you guys are all about the draft, but I like free agency myself. We're not all about the draft. We're about team building. That's what Mm -hmm. we're about. Nick and I really like, now we might know the draft a little better. And for me, that was because I grew up with a team that never spent any money on free agents. I had no idea it was so popular until I got Google analytics and was doing this for a living. And I realized that free agency actually drove more traffic to these type of websites like mile high huddle than the draft Hmm. so i'm all about free agency as far as deals going down i don't know let's see what carson wentz happens with him in the next week or so let's see what happens with aaron Rodgers in the next week or so um i sure would like for some i'd like deshaun watson speaking of closure you know lawyers will drag that on for a couple of years for goodness sakes uh i'd like for his future to be settled one way or another but uh, we'll see. What do you yeah. think, Nick? Anything that you're you're looking forward to? Uh, for me, free agency. I like free agency a lot. 
it just happens in such a flurry that uh, it's hard for me. The, the buildup is a little bit too quick. It's because, so we have all these guys are going to be free agents this year, but the top, you know, let's say the top 10 guys, 70% of them will be franchise tagged. Um, and then the market's going to look a lot different because a lot of the top guys will get paid before they even hit free agency. And then you're going to have about 50 new names with cap casualties as well. So um, I do really like the, the the free agency, no doubt about it. But I like to look at it like right when it's about to happen because I actually want to see who's available. It's kind of like, again, this was a reference that uh, Scott won't get. But uh, when you're playing the game of Catan, <laughs> early on when you set your piece, um, you put... Uh, you roll the dice and it goes like a snake draft where you get to set up the board. And if I'm the first person, I lay mine down, my pieces down, and then I'll go away and do something else because I'm going to get mad at people taking spots that I know that I have no no reasonable way to get um, before it comes back to me. But that's that's kind of how I view free agency. I want to see what actually is available to me when free agency starts. Otherwise, I'm just selling myself on hopes and dreams that are never even going to become available. So uh, that's... <laughs> Once the cap casualties happen, I'm going to be really excited to pour over it. Also, the thing about cap casualties, the reason I like them the most, they do not count against your compensatory formula. So the team like the Baltimore Ravens have gotten a billion more compensatory picks uh, since that has been part of the NFL draft. It's because they're not spending huge money on true free agents. They're going after the street free agents because they want those comp picks. Um, Dustin Michael Hensley coming in here saying Aaron Rodgers wants $50 million a year. Good for him. Honest to God, it's probably an underpayment compared to what he brings to the field. Um, but that's it's kind of like a superstar in basketball. Oh, he's getting a max contract. He's worth more. Like, that's just you can't pay him more because of the structure of how these teams are built. But there's a reason that there's so many maxes when there's, you know, way more than uh, that amount of players. So Aaron Rodgers probably should get 50 million. And if he wants to bet on himself for that, uh, God bless him. And if they, also, I think it's a leveraging tactic where if they don't pay him that, then he's like, OK, sayonara. Good luck to you. So get what you can. Um, that's, you know, it's it's billionaires paying millionaires. Here's here's our DC reference for the day. Um, the Dark Knight Rises wants, doesn't yeah. get. Mm-hmm. You know, of course. You know, it, it's the same thing. Everybody's all up in arms earlier this year because Teddy's agent is floating out that he wants starter money in the 2025 million a year. And everybody's, that's crazy. He's not worth a lot. Guys, this yep. is just talk. It's just talk. That's all it is. That's like an opening salvo. It's the same thing as when a team says, yeah, I want three first round draft picks for him. I want four. <laughs> it doesn't mean you're going to get them. That's all. So, so Dustin, this has come through several times. And, and it, the, the only reason I take exception to the, the question about this, and Dustin, you were asking a question, or maybe not, um, is people like, oh, that's too much. It's too much. It's too, it is too much. I don't want him. That's too much. He wants 50 million a year doesn't mean that's what it's going to take to get him. It isn't. We had this discussion last week. Two first-rounders and a starter-level player is good for me. Anything over that, and I start getting a little nervous. $50 yeah. million? No. That's that's too much. $35, yeah. 40 Okay. Now I still have some money left over to go get some to, – to sign. Most of my key core guys are already signed. Now I've got some money to maybe add a piece or two in free agency as well, and i got my quarterback for three years. Um, so, again – I'm not going to say it's too much for Aaron Rodgers until I know what it's going to take to get Aaron Rodgers. And it's not going to take what the Packers want initially because they're asking for the moon. Yep. That's what their job is. We don't want to sell. So you have to make us an offer that will make us make us an offer we can't refuse until it's forced. And then all of a sudden that price starts coming down. We're going to set it real high. Aaron Rodgers' agent is going to set that real high. Then you start coming down. So don't worry too much about what you hear a player wants or a team wants, wants, doesn't get. Yeah, I, th- I think actually he said he wanted 50 million pounds of ghee. Uh, did you see the interview where he's uh, doing the he's <laughs> no. eating ghee and he's cleansing out both orifices, um, both ends? I don't um, need to hear about that. I don't care. It's just for the content. Um, oh, Yeah, Matthew Forrester coming in here saying with Fuller and Callahan looking to be gone. What corners might the Broncos be interested in in free agency in the draft? Again, I want to see who becomes available via cap casualties. A name to keep an eye on uh, for cornerback and free agency, though, right now is Darius Williams uh, coming off the Rams. The Rams last year thought so highly of him that they put a first round tender on him as a restricted free agent, which is pretty unheard of. Um, Overall, you typically don't see that. So they thought very highly of him. Um, he is small, you know, five foot nine, but he's incredible in off coverage and uh, he's very good in zone. So 
Uh, hello. Uh, that's exactly what we're looking at here for the Broncos. He's one who would interest me a heck of a lot. Also, obviously, Ejiro Evero uh, worked with him at uh, the Los Angeles Rams as well. So some uh, relationships there. So keep an eye out for him. As far as the draft, I actually, Scott, I was involved in a 32-team mock draft this weekend, and I drafted one of my favorite nickel options in the entire draft with the 96th pick. So the Rams' third-round pick. Marcus Jones um, from University of Houston. He's only five foot eight, but he's 185 pounds. And he How is. How did that take? Was it done via email or something? It was done via a Facebook chat. And okay. uh, it, yeah, it was It was actually, it took about a week uh, to get it done. So like you just tag the next person when it's when it's their time. So it took about a week, but it was fun. Um, oh, man, I'm way too OCD for that. Like, come on, man. What nah, are you just, doing? You have one minute. Down. You have one minute to make your pick. <laughs> yeah, you just, you just you put it down and go on your life and see who becomes available. Do not um, have the patience. But uh, I got Marcus Jones with the 96 pick. I like Marcus Jones a heck of a lot. Um, he's only five foot eight. He's going to be limited to off zone and probably nickel, but he's incredible in those. He's an amazing athlete, and he is the best returner in football. And if you guys remember um, from uh, the interview, Broncos uh, had the worst kick return and punt return in the NFL last season um, from the press conference. So uh, getting somebody like that who can play nickel and up your press or up your return game. Hell yes, I like him. A Up heck your of a return lot. game. Yeah, got to do it. They've been so bad. Um, also, yeah, if you can move on from set Spencer. so low by Deontay Spencer that you will improve next year. Those hidden yep. yards. I yep. mean, five yards on eight punts. There's forty yards of possession that you weren't even thinking about. Yep, good teams do account for that. Uh, I know the Iowa Hawkeyes specifically use total yardage um, when they're accounting for. Yep, everybody drink Iowa Hawkeyes. I also had to get Iowa Hawkeyes in the title. I don't know if you saw that today. Or not the title, but the uh, the body. Um, Lawrence Rivera coming in. Thank you so much for your support. And if you guys are like Lawrence and you want to support us, make sure you're liking, subscribing, and sharing this show on your social media platforms and hitting the thumbs up, like button, everything above. We got more eyeballs than hearts, likes, angry acts, whatever. Let's get those going. Uh, Lawrence, hey guys, how's it going? It's been a minute. It has been a minute, Lawrence. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Peyton can actually make some moves needed, so we're not a bottom of the division again. We got to remember he was timid last year. We still ended up fourth, so I'm holding that against him. I don't know if he was timid last year uh, as much as he went. Last year, George Peyton went all in on giving Vic Fangio what Vic said he wanted and giving Vic the best chance possible for Vic to sink or swim, and Vic sank. Um, he said, I, from my understanding, I'm not the biggest Drew Locke fan. want somebody who would protect the ball better to complement his defense. Okay, go get Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, you need your cornerbacks killed you in 2020. Let's go out and get you Kyle Fuller and Ronald, Ronald Darby and Patrick Sertan. Um, linebackers and edge rushers fell apart last year, making it hard again, but I digress. So uh, it was a, I wouldn't say last year was a failure. Um, this year, the clock is really ticking more so, but you know, the, the bottom, the bar, is top 10 level quarterback playing Derek Carr. And that's pretty hard to pretty hard to get rid of. A uh, report coming out from Brad Spielberg um, at Indianapolis that all the top quarterbacks that were potentially going to be traded seem like they're not going to be traded um, right now because of A, teams saw what happened trading Matt Stafford after one year of a bad situation. And B, the 2022, the top of the 2022 quarterback class is butt cheeks, according to a lot of people. Um, so um, these teams are not looking to move on from their quarterbacks to bring in Sam Howell, to bring in Kenny Pickett, because they're not liked like that uh, across the league. So, uh, well, you know, you know what's worse than the quarterback cl draft class? Hmm. The quarterback free agent class. Oh, yeah. Yep. You know, it's, again, Jameis Winston looks clearly like your best option right now. Yep. And he's a, mm, he's a big old question mark. Yep. Um, as far as, you know, being too timid, maybe, you know, what did... What what would it have taken for the Broncos to get Matthew Stafford? Anything? You know, or would Matthew Stafford say, no, I'm not going there. I don't want to go there. I want to go yeah. to L.A. You know, we don't know those things. We see what what it cost uh, the Rams. And you're like, OK, that's that's a that's a that was a decent deal yeah. um, for for a Matthew Stafford. And again, remember, I was I've been considerably higher than on Matthew Stafford than for a long, long time. So I consider Matthew Stafford a top five type of quarterback um, before this. And that's one of the reasons I was rooting for the Rams was to validate this being a Matthew Stafford fan for, for several years. Um, yeah. But yeah, I get that. It's uh, you know, you're coming in with a, with a quarter, with a coach that you you're saddled with. Who's again, I'm surprised he was even kept. And are you going to acquiesce to what he wants? Yeah. Mm. Some of it, some of it not.
But, uh, you know, again, you've, you've got to upgrade your quarterback play one way or another. And if that doesn't happen this year, there's questions to be asked really about last year when there were several quarterback options available. Yeah, absolutely. Including the draft. Yeah, that's better options last season, but it's what it is. Um, we are where we are right now. Uh, Nick Sandel saying Nick talked about it last night. Uh, so he's saying, Nick, come on. I talked about it last night. Do you think Minshew would be a good competition for Locke? Minshew's numbers are pretty good as Scott looked up and he spent time on a bad Jags team with no help. Thoughts? The, I think uh, Min- the numbers for Minshew were in about 25 starts somewhere in that neighborhood. Very similar mm-hmm. to what Drew Locke has. He's got 41 touchdowns to 12 interceptions um, versus Drew Locke was 25 and 20. Mm-hmm. Records were similar. They're both, you know, well losing teams for the most part. Uh, Minshew had a little bit better record as a starter. So again, I, I get some of this. A lot of the same people that are give Drew Locke a chance are willing to crap on quarterbacks that have twice the resume, including a, a Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Now, Nick, I know you don't want Drew Locke. You're not one of those guys. You're like, no, I want better than Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Um, and again, for me, it's what it costs. Can you bring this guy in to compete? Like Trevor is saying, that makes sense. Um, well, he, you know, and I just I was biting my tongue last night. Um, because this is like the third straight Drew Locke podcast that was done yesterday. Uh-huh. It's like, well, Gardner Minshew, all his numbers were in garbage time. Folks, Drew Locke's entire career with the Broncos has been garbage time. It's been garbage time. Yeah. He came in and went 4-1 and one with an 89 rating, five touchdowns, two interceptions, when the Broncos were well gone from playoff contention. Against garbage bad time. defenses, terrible defenses that season. I mean, they played the bottom two defenses over that five game stretch in the entire NFL in the Houston Oakland. Texans game, I think was 32nd rate, you know, they're a good team, but they had a 32nd worst passing. Anyway, th- yeah. his entire career has been garbage time. I wanted to look it up. I'm like, I bet he's played four games in his career within two games of 500. And I bet he's owing four in them, you know, so his entire career has been garbage time. So where, where are the numbers there? Where are the numbers mm-hmm. that he should be posting during garbage time? Again, I, I just feel that, the double standard a lot of times for some of these other quarterbacks that can come in. And again, what's it cost? She's like, I don't, I don't want Gardner Minshew. I want Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Well, does Gardner, does Gardner Minshew make your team better or not? If he, he does, might. then he needs to be a consideration if you can't, as you start working your way down the list. Yeah. For me personally, I think Minshew would be fine if it wasn't for the off-field antics as well, just yeah, I because that. I don't need the, fan fervor just for my own mental health for somebody who's like look at he's holding a katana he's got a mustache he lives in a van it's like i don't give a i don't care he could dip his uh he could have ketchup on his steak is he a good quarterback i don't like it when the off-field antics and the persona overshadow the ability on the field that drives me insane because then it's like these people are always you know gonna love him for not for who he is as a quarterback but for who he is and that's don't have time for that um so if he was cheap for sure i just I think I don't need, you know, five years from now, somebody in my mention screaming, they should have given Gardner Minshew another year. It's like, no, he's not good enough. Um, Just but to quote Crash Davis from Bull Durham another time until you win 20 in the show, you're a slob. Yeah. Yep. Um, but uh, absolutely. And as far as the Drew Ock stuff here, just my two cents, I, I think we need to be aiming better than Drew Ock and the pathway that he has based on what he's done so far in his career to become that top 10 perennial quarterback, not a blip season top 10. I'm talking year after year top 10. I think that's exceedingly slim. So I'm not saying, you know, fire Drew Locke into the sun, but you need to bring in somebody to compete with him and he needs to go out there and earn his next opportunity point blank, uh, period point blank. Uh, they gave him 2022 with Jeff Driscoll, who was converted to tight end as his main competition. Um, that's, and he didn't do good enough. Uh, so they brought in Teddy Bridgewater, say what you will about it. Yeah, I, if it was close, that's another data point. And people pooping all over Teddy Bridgewater. I get it. But if it was a tie, what does that mean about the options? You know, what, what, that means Drew Locke wasn't obviously better than him. So um, I'm just, I'm, I'm a hater of all non-franchise top 10 quarterbacks. I think it's just a waste of time. And uh, you got to, you got to aim, you got to set your sights higher. Speaking of setting your sights higher, Leroy coming in, getting us on task with one of our main topics today. Uh, good morning, guys. Good morning to you, Leroy. Mile high salute. Back at you, buddy. Uh, we need a whole new set of linebackers. Uh, AJ Johnson and Jewel are too slow. They need two sideline to sideline backers that can tackle and stop the run. That's the route I will go with. Um, I would love two Luke Keekleys out there, no doubt about it. But unlike the quarterback position, uh, where you need to chase greatness or 
you know, move on or try to add to the room. The linebacker room, if you are just okay there, guess what? You're going to be okay. Can you name me the starting linebackers for the Los Angeles Rams this year? No. In fact, they we even went to the extent of trading their starting linebacker, Kenny Young, um, away because the linebacker position was so devalued for them. So really, I just need competency and solidness at the linebacker position. Now, of course, if you can get yourself a, a bleeping stud, that's great. Um, but there's a lot of data out there to suggest that you know, using a first round pick on a linebacker or spending big money on a linebacker, you're not going to get the best ROI um, consistently. And for me, linebacker is one of the positions where, yes, the splash plays are great. I think it's way more important that they're not giving up the backbreaking plays. Um, I think it's the consistency down to down and uh, not making weaknesses in the defense. You know, one of the examples I think of great athlete, sideline to sideline play, making uh, splash plays on tape. Kenneth Murray, University of Oklahoma, now with the Los Angeles Chargers. That dude is a dog chasing cars. You know, if you do any pre-snap motion, he's going to turn his hips and be out of position. <laughs> I don't care that he's a good athlete. He's a terrible processor and uh, puts his defense in vulnerable positions that, guess what? Because of him, a big part of because of him, the Chargers finished last year with 32nd in run defense per EPA per play and DVOA, and they're out of the playoffs because, you know, run defense does matter to an extent, especially when you're the worst in the league. So uh, I'm going to push back just a little bit. I just need co- not, you know, bleeping horrific linebacker play kind of like we saw with uh justin sternod and uh, curtis robinson um and both aj johnson and josie jewel are average to above average linebackers i, I like bringing in jewel four to five million puts him around 20th in the nfl at inside mm-hmm. linebacker that seems about right to me for the leadership and experience yeah. that he brings to help mentor some of the younger guys i'm a big fan of jonas griffith size speed let him play for a year under jewel and then maybe you got something in, in, in another year um Real quick, Colin Wood coming in and said, will you have another non-startling revelation on McAfee tomorrow? It's talking about Aaron Rodgers. You know, th- that, here's the thing that I, I like about this stuff. Aaron Rodgers didn't hype that show. That's on us. That's on us as fans. That's on us as media. Aaron Rodgers hasn't said anything. He hasn't come out and said, I'm going to say on this day or this day. That's our fault, not his fault. Yeah. So, you know, James saying, I'm not falling for that stunt again. What's stunt? What did Aaron do? That was all speculation from everybody else. Everybody else, not Aaron Rodgers. Don't blame Aaron Rodgers for our own impatience. Uh, Wyatt Horning coming in saying, taking cornerbacks. Thank you for the stars, Wyatt. Where do you see Ojemudia fitting with the new defense? Yeah. Um, for me, Ojemudia falls in the same category as Justin, or excuse me, uh, gosh, the uh, Caden Stearns, where we haven't, there's been flashes and he's still young and cost controlled. Uh, but they're going to have to go out there and earn the reps this season in my book. I'm looking to bring in somebody who's a little bit more of a known quantity and depth to the position. Uh, the thing about Ojemudia is that I think based on his body type and skill set, him playing pure slot uh, is a concern for me. So in sub packages right now, I, you don't have a guy who's going to be slot unless you're thinking that uh, you're going to move Darby to slot in your nickel packages, which I guess is a possibility. Also, there was talk of Sertan being there last year as a big slot to take care of the uh, – Big slot receivers slash tight ends, you know, the Travis Kelsey's of the world that like to play detached from the line of scrimmage. Um, so I right now, I think the best case scenario for Ojemudia is he is your fourth cornerback, your first guy off the bench when you inevitably suffer an injury in the cornerback position. Um, and this is a fun fact where everybody's like, oh, why would you go after another cornerback this season? In his career, Ronald Darby has played one season where he's played the entire season without injury. He's missed games almost every single year of his career. That needs to be baked into the formula when you're going into the season. You need to get depth at cornerback uh, to p- prevent yourself from being so exposed with a guy who is a Curtis Robinson level cornerback player, which is going to hurt you even worse than uh, Robinson. It's already dunk on him so much, man. That that Browns game was one of the worst linebacking games I've seen in a decade. That was horrific. Um, and uh, Colby with the uh, classes butt cheeks. Um, that's just a little bit of hyperbole too. I think this is a good class if you're looking for backup. How, caliber quarterbacks and there's going to be a lot of guys who are going to make good careers in the nfl as far as franchise quarterbacks though um good luck uh good luck finding one there might be one in here there might be none also though who knows? uh and and those are the kind of things that you know when three of these quarterbacks make all pro because weird things happen you Especially know they come back and get you it yeah. just does like i've said a zillion times i respect the honesty and the work that people put in because i promise you there's going to be some bad takes when yep. you're trying to predict the future. That's yep. that's how I judge people is, you know, is are, are they putting in the work? Are they honest about it? And, you know, are they right more often than they're wrong? Because they're going to be wrong. 
Uh, yeah. But it makes it makes it kind of fun. Real quick on this, then we won't we won't talk about it anymore. Chelsea a little bit. They played a phenomenal nil nil game yesterday that went to penalties, eleven to ten in penalties because no one could miss a penalty. Uh, no, I was I was fired up this morning, Roderick, talking on uh, getting in a Facebook discussion about uh, overtime rules. That's what this was about. No, and that game was fantastic yesterday. I mean, just a, a, amazing. It's crazy that you can say a zero zero game was amazing, but it was. It should have been five to five. Uh, some it was it was a hell of a game. It was a fun watch. Um, yeah. And Antonio, oh, go ahead. Yeah, and um, uh, Miguel coming with some stars saying, you know, do your do your friends if have a drinking game every time you bring up the Hawkeyes? His friends are Hawkeyes, so no, no, I mean, you couldn't do that. It's it's that's what we do here. That's what we do here. We do have a drinking game when we bring up the Hawkeyes because we're probably watching the game and drinking, talking about the Hawkeyes. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I do miss tailgates, uh, tailgate Saturdays in Kinnick. Um, getting at it though, I see we have a super chat here, real quick. Let's get to that first. Um, we got Elliot D coming in, mile high sloop from Page, Arizona. I'm tired of the quarterback carousel. I'm gonna go see my medicine man to do a prayer for Broncos country to help us find a quarterback. Just kidding. That would be great. Uh, Elliot D. Um, we appreciate that. Hello in uh, page, Arizona as well. Hopefully it's not raining there. Like it is here. Uh, talking about the linebackers though. Topic number one, apparently the Broncos have mutual interest with Josie jewel between Denver and his agents. Um, according to Mike Kliss, who says uh, sources say Broncos general manager, George Payton and con contract guru, rich, Hurtado will meet with Jack Betcha, Jules' agent, during the NFL scouting combine this week in Indianapolis. There will also be meetings with agents of other Broncos players who are about to hit the market, but there is an affinity for Jewel. Good. A strong inside linebacker who always was considered a glue guy for the Broncos' defense. And if you guys recall, um, one of the press conferences for now, Minnesota defensive coordinator Ed Donatel uh, was raving about Jewel. It was probably around week 16, saying he's essentially become a player coach and he is – sitting there with, you know, Baron Browning and Jonas Griffith, you know, in the meetings, leading meetings, um, and really just helping those guys uh, grow as players. And, you know, talk about the height, weight, speed athletes, Jonas Griffith, Baron Browning. Those are those kind of guys, the processing, the instincts, the ability to fill in the run game. That's still a work in progress for them. Um, so uh, bringing back Jewel, if it can be like a two or three year deal to bring competency, stability, leadership, uh, instincts to that room, even though he isn't a height, weight, speed, sideline to sideline, man coverage linebacker, that's fine. You know, there's, we talk about how hard it is to find a franchise quarterback. You know what's even harder to find? A Luke Keekley. There's only been one of those guys in like 15, 20 years, right? And uh, even then, they're not going to make as much of a difference as a franchise quarterback. So don't let good keep you from great when it comes to the off-ball linebacker position. And Jewel has been very good for us. Uh, and Phil coming in with some stars. Thank you very much. And Nathan coming in with the uh, with the super sticker. So thank you Nathan. so much. Uh, and uh, Salvi Nation coming in says, good morning, guys. Devin Lloyd or Sauce Gardner, the corner. So you're talking about linebacker again at number nine and have no problem with that. And I'll give you a break uh, for a second. So Devin Lloyd, you know, talking about the, the, the off ball inside linebacker, whatever you want to call him these days. I think he's more versatile than that. Mm -hmm. um, when, when I'm watching him play, I see him play, make plays in the backfield. Uh, that's where I start becoming real interest. Like, okay, can he play, you know, inside, but then can he play a walk-up rush end also in passing situations? Yeah, he can. So I, I like Devin Lloyd's length and athleticism to do more than just be a plugger in the middle. Um, so I, I can, I can get behind that. It's not who I want. It isn't who I want, but I can get behind that pick. If it's a number nine, not like say, you know, a wide receiver at nine, you know, I'm, I'm going to be ruthless if the Broncos pick a wide receiver at nine um, and sauce, I think uh, I'm a gardener from Cincinnati. The, uh, the cornerback would be a great pick at nine. I really do. Um, you pair up another corner like that. And if he lives up to the hype and he, he becomes who you think he can be, which is the question with all of these guys, you can do some special things in the front seven instead of playing not to lose. And we've already heard as Jiro Eberu said, say something to the effect of Nick, uh, you know, if we can't get to him with four, we'll send five. We can't get five, we'll get seven. He's, he's going to bring pressure. And to bring pressure, you're going to need defensive backs. So I don't necessarily need Aaron Donald on my defensive line if I'm allowed to blitz six guys because I got the back five covered. Love it. Yeah. Um, as Devin Lloyd, um, Cynthia Froyland, who is one of the head of uh, analytics at NFL.com, mocked Devin Lloyd to the Broncos at nine overall, which I thought was interesting given she is so analytics analytically based. Um, and, um, 
she said quarterbacks should be the way they go, but the quarterback draft this year is not good enough for the ninth overall pick. That's crazy for an analytics person to say. So again, um, just, just saying, um, but saying we can, uh, now that I'm not going to talk about quarterback, we can talk about Lloyd given. He has one of the highest ceilings in the entire class by my model in large part due to his production in each of the areas. He was asked to handle blitzing off the edge coverage, taking on blocks and covering tight ends. Computer vision, whatever that is, shows he has elite pursuit, top 90th percentile out of linebackers ever coming coming out on passing plays in zone coverage. So uh, I really like uh, Devin Lloyd, and you mentioned it. He's not Micah Parsons as far as the the absolute twitch monster alien, um, but he's very good as a speed rusher, a finesse rusher off the edge when you want to do that. I also think he is pretty uh, fluid in his hips when you ask him to play zone coverage. So I don't really like the proposition of linebacker in the top 10, given it as position historically, you can find good to great players day two, every draft. Um, but Devin Lloyd has multiple years of great tape. He's got ball production. He's a pass rusher. He seems to be very driven and intelligent as well. Um, he's actually, and you guys can clip this one, you know, the old takes exposed or whatever. Or Nick's, you know, wishy-washy. The Broncos took him at nine. I'm not going to lose my mind about it because I think he is that good of a player. And, um, uh, there is risk taking an off-ball linebacker that high. Maybe it's not the best positional investment, but more importantly than the positional investment, getting good players. I think Devin Lloyd can be a damn good player for a long time for that Broncos defensive front, so I wouldn't hate it. I would want to see what the board looks like, but I wouldn't hate it. And like I said, in nickel packages, I think you can walk him up. You know, yep, in passing exactly. situations, you can he can become your edge. He can become a pass rusher. Yep. Um, and again, there I only remember seeing one other freak alien type last year that matched Micah Parsons, even beat him, was his friggin' teammate. Jason was, Owe. Uh, was Adafa yeah. Owe. Insane. I mean, just just insane. Yeah. We'll, we'll go back through those numbers again. But it was, I said this without hyperbole, the minute that Adafa Owe, same as Jason a year ago, mm-hmm. put a helmet on in the NFL, he became one of the best athletes in the league, which is yep. impressive. Yep. Um, so on that note, got about 15 time? minutes left. You want to you wanna draft? Yeah, let's do it. I think sometime in the future, Scott, we should uh, use one of the simulators and just mock for the Broncos and do like three rounds. Um, uh, can I can bring up, up TDN and we can share a screen and do it right now. Uh, would you rather do that or would you rather mock the top 10? Let's do the top 10. I want to do the is. top 10 again. I feel like it's me and you doing the same thing over and over again, just changing it for the sake of changing. Okay, well, let's, then let's do the, uh, the TDN one and we'll need to explain it uh because we are going to have our after the fact podcast listeners as well um speaking yep. as a podcast listener so we'll myself. try and do our best to be uh um but yeah i know broncos so i'll pick broncos yes broncos let's do three rounds um so that way we got both rams picks and obviously the biggest needs for the broncos coming into this quarterback we'll see what's available at nine maybe we'll get a little bit spicy um edge rusher probably need two edge rushers i would say a nose tackles i need as well linebacker defensive back and um, offensive tackle. I'd say those are the big needs, but we're going to let the board dictate it as well. Right. Can we see Um, that at all? If I hit start draft, I can, if I'm going to make my screen full screen (laughs) and we got Mark coming in here saying, appreciate you both. We appreciate you, Mark. Uh, Probably some stars with him on that too. Probably the way, uh, the way Mark, what I can't see right now is our stars. So if I hit start draft, I went fast. See, this one isn't quite good enough. You should uh, minimize it a little bit because we can't totally see it. That's okay. Um, Jermaine Johnson there to eight. All right, here we go. So it goes off there. Evan Neal went first to the Jags. Aiden Hutchinson second to Detroit. Kyle Hamilton went third. Derek Stingler, Stingley four to the Jets. Ike McQuanu five. Charles Cross six. Kayvon Timido, uh to the Seven. Giants edge. Another edge. And then Jermaine Johnson, uh, Florida State edge, goes to the Falcons at eight. Leaving, right. I'll let you pick in the first round. Let's Leaving, see. can we see the available players? Yeah, by uh, top right tab. Available players. Leaving, mm-hmm. Sauce is the top guy. Trayvon Walker, David Ajabo, Traylon Burks, Jameis Williams, Trevor Penning, Andrew Booth. Probably don't want to go too much farther than that unless you want to reach for a quarterback. Yeah, and um. I guess let's get a little saucy on this one. Um, I don't know if he's going to be the best fit in the world for the Broncos, given that Isuro Ivaro is coming from the Rams, who played the single most off coverage in football last season. Uh, but he did say that they're going to try to match the the skill set to the scheme, and he wants to send pressure. Guess what? Having 
Gardner and Patrick Sertan as two boundary press cornerbacks is going to let you live in a world that is going to be, I mean, there's no other team that can replicate that on the field. Um, so uh, I'm going to lean sauce on this one. I'll be honest with you. If I hadn't previously both my mocks with the Broncos taken Trevon Walker and David Ajabo, I would probably lean Trevon Walker, but Do I want to just forget your previous mocks. This is a new, a new way we're doing this. Take okay. who you want to take. That's why gonna... I didn't... take, take who you think the Broncos should take in this one. Not okay. Be okay. honest, be honest about it. Um, for me, I'm going to lean Trevon Walker on this one. Okay. Um, many reasons. He is probably the freakiest athlete at the edge position in this class. Uh, he's not your Von Miller bend loose hips kind of guy, but his height, weight, speed length is unmatched in this class. And for me, if uh, this Evero did take anything away from Brandon Staley, it's that as important for your front seven it, as getting after the quarterback on third down, equally important is being able to only allocate six bodies to the box on first and second down to stop the run because first down in today's NFL is a pass down. Um, so that, to be able to play too high. Second um, 10 is always a run. Just go yep. ahead. It's Second 10 is always a run. It's crazy. But first down, and we've seen it too, the exotic blitzes that are coming on first down are at a higher rate than ever because first down is a passing down in today's NFL. Um, so to have Trevon Walker, who to me, I think has a Rashawn Gary ability, maybe even a Cam Jordan body type, you know, 6'5", 280, as a freak Cam athlete. Jordan. That's I'm I am hunting for Cam Jordan every offseason until I find him because I love him so much. Um, so uh, I yes, um, he's one that I would be ecstatic about. I think he's going to go to the combine and test. I understand that his tape it is it is not like a typical top of the draft edge rusher, but I think part of that is his role at Georgia. I think he's asked to occupy and then chase leakages um, from that. Not Aaron Rodgers type of leakages, folks. Um, the leakages from the backfield, uh, with whether it be the zone read, the RPO, the jet sweep, et cetera, et cetera, or the quarterback breaking pocket. So I think Walker, he also still kind of learning what he's doing with his hands, um, but with how much force he, and that's something for me as well. Um, looking at these edge rushers, I want to see the jewels, the power that when they when they make contact with a uh, offensive lineman, they need to shock that dude. Um, they need to have some force behind those mitts. And Walker does that. I mean, it's incredible how much power he has in his pads. It's good for the run game. It's good for jarring at the line of scrimmage. It's good for contain if you want to keep Patrick Mahomes in the pocket. Um, and also, right, I love Take it. a breath. I love Javon Walker. I love him. Um, also, you can flip <laughs> that inside. coming in with a super. That feels like a new name for me, too. So thank you so much from Martinsburg, West Virginia. Not too far from me. Just up the coast a little bit. I'm in Atlanta. So uh, you probably got the rain that we had all day yesterday. I uh, hope yeah. you're staying dry. A um, couple of the people said Willis. Willis here, here, and then Penning. I don't want Penning at nine. I, I think no, that's too, too high. Early. I don't think he moves yep. well enough laterally that I want to take a chance on him in the top ten. I really don't. Um, that's that's my concern with him. I like him. I just, uh, again, I can say this about so many guys in this draft. I like him. Yeah. I don't top ten like him. Yep. Uh, here's where I start getting a little more excited, too. And we see some of the guys that have come off the board recently. At 39, Tariq Woolen, cornerback. Uh, Bernard Raymond is someone Shoot. I really would have thought Shoot. about at this 40 spot. Yeah. Kenny Shoot. Pickett's gone. 36. Uh, Devin That's Lloyd lasted right. all the way to 34. That's a little crazy. With, with Detroit. Matt Corral went off the board. So Drake London lasted to 30. Nakomi Dean went at 29. And Boye Mafe snuck in at 28. So I look at the available players. And I see uh, oh, Zion I Johnson, interior line, no. Not going to do it. I think he's overrated, personally. Yeah. Um, Jacob Foster, uh, also coming with some stars. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jacob. Um, um Chris, Olam, I don't want a receiver. Yeah. Another uh, wide receiver. I don't know much. We're at receivers here again. Christian Harris, Desmond Ritter. Hmm. Now I start getting a little interested here. Yeah. Desmond Ritter. Do I want my quarterback there? Do I want a safety? Isaiah Spiller. Uh, I don't like my choices here that much, to be honest with you. I have to go down a little bit and see who they are underrating as far as I'm concerned. I like Christian Watson if I'm going to go wide receiver here. George Pickens is a good wide receiver. Again, I just listed about eight reasons why I don't want a receiver in the first round because there's yep. a bunch of them here at the second round that I like. Um, so without getting too far down the line, I'll tell you what, man. I don't want Chris Olave. 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 I don't want Zion Johnson. I don't. I don't know much about the the. This was a guy you like, though. I love Jahan Dotson. Yeah, yeah but I don't want to go receiver here, so I might I trade back if I was going to go here. But since we're not playing that direction, I don't want Christian Harris or David Bell. I'm I'm going to go Desmond Ritter. I like Desmond Ritter. 
Yeah. Uh, with the, my second round pick, I love his mobility. I like his arm. I like his moxie. I like a lot of the things that he can do. The University of Cincinnati quarterback. I need a quarterback. I'm going to say we didn't get the guy before the draft. We got six weeks to say, Scott, you got a quarterback, dummy. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now it's Drew Locke and crickets. You know, you don't have to worry about any COVID protocols being broken because he's by himself. He's social distancing in the quarterback room all alone. Need some help in there. And I like yeah. Desmond Ritter. I really do. Yep. Especially at number 40. So I'm going, uh, I'm going Desmond Ritter in that spot at and, 40. And you go Desmond Ritter over Sam Howell. I do. I do. I, I like I like him a little bit. And uh, I like him a little bit more than Howell. I okay. do. I'm a yep. I'm a fan. I am a fan of of Desmond of uh Desmond Ritter. I think Desmond Ritter in this class is that far and away the best backup. Um, and what do I mean by that? The athleticism and the tools that he brings day one. Um, you're going to have those pretty much no matter on the field. So, and uh, also, he, people rave about his work ethic, his how much of an well, adult Sam he Howell's is. Still on the board if you want him. Sam Howell is still on the board. That was what I was going to say as well. I like um, when you were about to pick. I'm like, I like both Sam Howell and Desmond Ritter here. Maybe I'm going to gamble and see if one can fall to me at pick 64. Uh, but you went Desmond Ritter. I'm fine with that. Um, mm-hmm. You're right now. I have Malik Willis and then two through five. Pick a name out of a hat. Um, yeah. Can you pick it? For Sam me, Howell it was either too. that or go wide receiver, which I didn't want as far as, you know, yeah. best player available in there. I don't want to reach. 100%. Um, you know, I didn't want to reach for a, I, I didn't want a wide receiver in that spot. And I didn't want to reach for a player that I didn't necessarily like as much. Yep. Now, you know, let's see. Let's see who's available. I know, I know who I want. At your I, pick. All right. Um, scroll up. Because he's still going to be here. There he is. You passed him. Down. Uh, Travis Jones, baby. Let's go. Pick 64. I could see Travis Jones, or I probably would have taken him there. I was going to say, you scrolled past him. I'm like, okay, we'll yeah, see. I, I didn't 64. see him there. I would have taken Travis Jones. At 40. At 40. And then taking my quarterback here. So it worked out, even though I'm blind, because I'm only looking at three names at a time on this condensed screen. Yeah. And also, uh, I would have taken Travis Jones at that spot. Well, I'm taking have. Travis Jones here as well. Um, again, you heard me talk about it. One of the things that makes me the most interested in, uh, oops, let's not be an expert. Scroll down, maybe, is it? Uh oh. Well, it disappeared. So I guess we're doing a, uh, we're doing a, who knows? Two round, <laughs> two round mock draft. Um, here. Two round mock draft with uh. So we're doing Travis Jones here. I really like Travis Jones again. I'm obsessed with Nick. The run game defenders don't matter. They don't get paid, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but getting guys who bring really good run ability, run defense ability that you can play in base and not allocate bodies to that, giving yourself bodies and coverages or bodies to create exotic blitzes, I think is extremely valuable. Um, so I really uh, think that and. Looks like Chad Kelly there. Oh, it's Travis Jones. Okay. Um, Travis Jones, I think he's got a chance to, honest to God, be the best nose tackle in this class. I think there's a reality out there where he ends up better than Jordan Davis. Um, so he's really powerful. He was the highest graded defensive tackle in pro football focus this season against power five competition. Um, so that's incredible. He played some really big baddies as well. And he was the only guy on that UConn team that was worth a sniff. Um, and he was still that good against those teams. So I really love Travis Jones and Mike Purcell. You can save yourself. I think about four and a half million moving on from him, get younger, get cheaper, get more upside, uh, get potential three down ability from Travis Jones from the nose slash one technique spot. Um, hell yeah, baby. Sign me up. I, this is Broncos were last year with one of the worst teams in football in the trenches on the defensive trenches specifically and getting not only Trevon Walker, but Travis Jones and then Desmond Ritter as well. This is a dream come true. This is about as good as you could ever hope for in the uh, the first two rounds. Yeah, and those were big stars. I'm, I'm coming back to my Facebook feed. Those were big stars from Mark. So Thanks, uh, Mark. appreciate you again, Mark. And then uh, and Jacob coming back in too. But um, yeah, thank you for bailing me out on this. So I, I'm going to just go ahead and, and rewind and edit this saying I took Travis Jones with the yeah. se- first pick <laughs> in the second round. <laughs> Because I definitely would have gone there. Whatever their board said, be damned. Uh, yeah. In fact, I, I may have strongly considered uh, Najai Sanders at that spot too, honestly. Oh, was Malik Willis there at 42? Um, I didn't see him. If Malik Willis was there at 40, then you probably swing on him. That's what the chat makes it sound like. In my yeah, opinion, it's, I love- it was too hard to see. So we'll have to figure yeah. out. I, pr- I would I would take Malik Willis first in this quarterback class. Again, we tried to do this quick and he yeah. couldn't see it. We'll, we'll, we'll put some more thought into this next time. The point was... Ritter's more realistic. I come out of this with Malik Willis, Trayvon Walker, and Travis Jones. 
bat flip. Yeah. And I'm watching that thing sail because yeah. I just I just hit a home run. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the T- the TDN mock draft, maybe we'll try a different one next time. The TDN one kind of drives me insane because they treat quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs like they're long snappers um, in the mocks. They get pushed way down. Like um, when you get to the sixth round, it's like the first 100 yeah. guys available are wide receivers or running backs. I, li- I think it's PFF. I like theirs, but I don't think they're bored. I'm like, yeah, I always get these guys like, you know, they're, I think their board hasn't been updated in a while since Senior Bowl. And it's like, I get everybody I want, yeah. which would be nice. Yep. But, you know, that's not going to happen. So, um, and we see some comments in here just real quick. Uh, people are like, what about tackle? What about tackle? Broncos do need a tackle, mm-hmm. but they don't need tackle in a sense where hopefully if they don't take one in the first three rounds, they're going to get killed. Um, a lot of people, I was screaming for a tackle last season as well. I wanted a tackle in that uh, Javonta Williams slot, um, ideally because tackles typically take a little bit of time and they're harder to find than running backs. But uh, guess what? The Broncos went out there, they signed Bobby Massey, and they got competency from the right tackles spot it's not dynamic ability but it wasn't like you know killing you out there kind of like a Caleb McGeary for the Falcons so um if the board doesn't fall a certain way don't force it mm-hmm. that's how you find yourself right. taking Tyson Brylow in the second round how did you like that Broncos country oh, the Broncos took a tackle because everybody was screaming for it he sucked um so you want to make sure that you're taking the best players and um uh, again we talked about it Bernard Ryman went pick 38 if he'd have been there at pick 40 he's a perfect amount of taking him at 40 yeah mm-hmm. that'd have been a home run that'd have been incredible um, alas, didn't fall that way. I'm not going that way. So, um, yeah, the board has to fall a certain way for you to go that way. Um, as far as the position, and also you have more needs f- at premium positions than you do premium draft selections. If the Broncos had and there's, three first and, and Nick, there's yeah. guys I can get in the fourth, fifth, and sixth that I I like. Yep. At tackle, you know, we we've talked about. Uh, let me see. Let me go through some names here. Uh, you know, Trevor Penning's going to be gone. Andrew Stuber's going to be a guard. Abraham Lucas, Washington State. I kind of like him. Yeah, uh, Braxton solid. Jones, Southern Utah. Some of those guys that I, I can, you know, when, when you get into pick 150, reaching down to whoever says is 190 isn't a reach mm-hmm. because a guy who's 190 on one board could be 100 on somebody else's. Yep. That's not a reach. A reach is going from 40 to 75. That's a bit of a reach. So, yep. um, again, we'll we'll set this up for Monday where we've got it. The visuals can be a little better. Um that, that we can see it. We can show it to y'all better. Um, Cause I'm embarrassed that I didn't take Travis Jones with the second pick. <laughs> it's okay. It worked out great. Um, because that means I got two athletic freaks on the defensive line, which is honestly, besides, you know, top everything that's not a top 10 quarterback is trash. Uh, my other take is get me the height, weight, speed freaks on the defensive line and let's go. Um, I absolutely love those guys. Maybe it's because they're the ones who the, data tends to line up the best. Um, you know, you have guys who run incredible jump incredibly, um, not always doesn't always work for wide receiver. Doesn't always work for offensive line. Typically works for defensive line. Um, the guys who are the bigger, faster freaks um, tend to be the good players there. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. I, I I'm a love in this draft. Um, Trevon Walker, Desmond Ritter, and uh, then you have uh, Travis Jones. You give yourself two developmental guys in the defensive line who are bringing you some twitch and strength that you desperately need on that unit. Um, and now you. Uh, Evero said it's really important to get after the quarterback. If you can't get home with four, then we need to send five. Well, hopefully you're getting there with four and five with uh, some of the investments that you just made. So you're not as blitz happy. And uh, also you get yourself a quarterback who has some starting upside, but guess what? Drew Locke is about to become, uh, he's on his last year of his deal. Who knows what that means for him going forward, but you are giving yourself a young cost controlled option that in the very least is going to be a very good backup. Last year we had over 50 quarterbacks that took 100 snaps last year your backup quarterback is going to matter um so giving yourself a young cost controlled option with potential developmental upside there that's that's a good pick that's a very good pick yeah in so a, a 17 game season you need depth at every position for sure yeah. on that note um nick why don't you get us out of here yes sir guys thank you so much for joining us we'll do another mock draft monday coming up next uh next monday um so you guys tune in for that well if you guys have any thoughts on which simulator we should use too, you know let us know we'll uh I won't just spring that on Scott right before we go, or maybe we can do another top 10 one who knows, but thank you guys so much. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall, M H H. What's up? That is next Monday. will be post combine. Yes, it will. Next mock draft will be post combine. So we'll do, we'll do an extended draft again. Yep. Uh, instead of just a top 10, we might go through the top. We might spend a little more time on it and do a top 10 and then do go through one through nine, pick the Broncos and then do the Broncos through 
four or five rounds. Yeah, we need next to like Monday. Yeah. That's going to be a fun one. We need to lean into that because I'm guessing there's going to be a bunch of breaking news, Broncos-centrics uh, coming out of the combine. So we'll need to jump into that one immediately. And luckily, we have three shows. So if there's any other news, we can uh, lean into that on Tuesday. But Mock Draft Mondays until April, going to be a thing. And then guess what? In May, 2023 Mock. Scott, you ready? We're going to start doing No, I'm just kidding. Or am I? Who knows? Uh, but yeah, guys, make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you guys are on Facebook or have a Facebook profile, make sure you're joining us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod and forward slash mile high huddle. Uh, if you guys are on Apple, or you listen to this after the fact, or you have podcasts in general on iTunes, go there, please, please, please go there. Leave us a five-star review and a comment. Um, at some point, I'm going to go through there and screen capture a bunch of the comments and treat those like super chats. I'll send them to Scott so we can pull them up and, uh, discuss them as well that'd be very helpful uh, if you guys like the gear the uh, broncos for breakfast hat right here actually i really like this hat. the gray I, I like the ones that are less is more and this is a lot of less is more going on so huddle uh, huddle get your swag on you want to get the gear and on youtube make sure you're subscribing liking and sharing to mile high huddle as well as scott's channel youtube.com forward slash c forward slash scott kennedy where we've been going live on wednesday mornings and having a lot of fun yeah and uh being that uh, combine starts this week, we might need to go Friday somewhere somehow. Mike, we might uh, we uh, Nick, we need to go uh, get on the mics and go Friday. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's going to be great. Um, thank you guys for joining us today. A lot of fun to talk about this. We appreciate everybody for joining us today. We'll see you again tomorrow morning, seven thirty Mountain Time for another episode of Broncos for Breakfast. Make sure you guys tune in tonight to see uh, Chad and Zach on Huddle Up. Everyone stay safe. Choose kindness. Choose compassion. It's okay not to have an opinion. Also, um, says the guy with the mic in front of him. Super sticker. Klee! It has been a long time since we've seen Klee. Uh, Klee to the yeah. T coming in with a red snap. Yeah, I thought you were somebody else that was coming in with a, a fun name, Klee. I was like, I wonder if that's Klee. Because we haven't yeah. seen Klee in a while. So good, good to have you back, sir. Announcing yeah. his presence with authority. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Klee. You guys are great. Um, thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Everyone wish me well, because I'm going to go start building an arc because it's going to rain here like crazy the next week. Um, so hopefully stay dry. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning.